Hello and welcome to Radio Edgy Talk. This is David Noble in Delgetty Bay and I'd like to welcome uh, to the show this evening uh, Jonathan Wood and Rowena Arshad. Uh, welcome Rowena and Jonathan to Radio Edgy Talk. Thank you. Thank you, David. And we're going to be uh, marking uh, Mental Health uh, Week uh, in today's show um, and for the next 15 minutes or so we'll be hearing about a, a really interesting pilot between Place to Be and Initial Teacher Education Programmes at Morrie House and Stirling University. Uh, and just before we get started, Jonathan and Rowena, could you um, just give us a brief background to your career in education? And if you don't mind, we'll start with uh, Rowena. Right, thanks David. Um, I have been in uh, working in the School of Education at the University of Edinburgh for, oh, I think probably nearly 30 years. Um, I am a community education worker by training, and but my last 25 years has been in initial teacher education, really working in the area of equalities and well-being um, with both primary, secondary and all sectors within school education. And what about yourself, Jonathan? Uh, so my background, David, is as a psychotherapist and an art therapist. And um, I worked for a long time with families and uh, children. And as a result of that, I applied for a job place to be, which works uh, putting therapeutic services into schools, into primary and into high schools, um, where I've been for the last 12 years or so. And so, Jonathan, could you um, just start off by uh, introduce, introducing us to the, the partnership um, to support uh, children's mental health? Yes, sure. So Place to Be, as I, as I mentioned, is a service that puts counselling and therapeutic support into schools. And, and we began in, in Scotland in, in 2000 or so. And our school is very much a whole school approach. So we work with children. Um, directly offering them counselling and, and arts, play therapy, that sort of thing. But we also work with their parents, and we also offer on-site support to teaching staff, particularly around mental health and well-being kind of issues. Now, I think having done that work for a long time, we started to recognise that some of our biggest clients, as it were, were, were teaching staff, were people who felt they were out of their depth with some of the uh, mental health challenges that children were presenting um, and didn't really have a space to talk about anything. Um, you know, if you're a therapist, you, you, you see six clients, you, you'll get supervision for that, an hour's supervision. If you're a school teacher, you stand for a whole year in front of 30 children, um, some of whom are going to be very challenging indeed and get very little of that kind of support, maybe an appraisal at the end of the year. So we started to think, how about offering a service which gets in earlier, gets in at the beginning of people's careers? And um, we were lucky enough to get some support, some corporate money supporting us to put forward a pilot to Edinburgh University and to Stirling University, um, offering them... Uh, a sort of reflective space um, kind of service, a full-time post, but somebody who would offer reflective space, supervision space, clinical clinical supervision, if you like, to trainee teachers, but also to tutors, um, especially as a guard on placement, really. So to, to, to 
carve out a space, if you like, to talk about mental health and well-being of children for new and trainee teachers. And Rowena, um, how has this actually uh, worked in practice in, in your own establishment? Um, I think it's more than one way. I mean, first of all, um, Francis Griffin, who is the person that placed to be, have seconded to us for two years, um, works directly with individual student teachers on a one-to-one basis. So they might come back from placement or they might... Um, you know, go through a situation in placement that they might want to just run past. Now, I add here, quickly add that it's all done confidentially. So there's no names mentioned, no schools mentioned, no local authorities mentioned. The student might say, I'm in school X and authority Y, and I'm finding this issue. Um, can you give me some idea what's happening here? How can I best support the particular pupil um, and their family? so that it actually assists their learning. So it's a one-to-one. Francis also meets um, student teachers in groups in what we call a place to reflect, place to think, so student teachers can come together and have a discussion about how they can develop good relationships, interactions, how they can perhaps identify when a young person might be actually in need and needing a little bit more help. Francis also assists, I think, our student teachers to actually develop boundaries so that the teachers are not feeling the need to actually be counsellor as well as teacher, educator, friend, all in one, because actually teachers have a role to play, but they're not trained counsellors or therapists, so they need to pass that role on. Uh, I think the other thing that Francis helps them with is thinking about endings. How do you let go? How do you build resilience? All those themes. She also works with um, my colleagues because my colleagues are personal tutors to our student teachers. So um, she will provide, again, sessions for personal tutors to reflect on how we support our student teachers. Uh, we feel very strongly that um, teachers don't have enough self-care time they have to cope with a lot. So what we're trying to do with our student teachers is inculcate in them from the outset of their training that actually self-care for themselves are very important and to find the networks to be able to do so. And it sounds, Rowena, that uh, there's, there's a big emphasis on um, sort of doing it through one-to-one and, and small group time with the tutor. Have you also uh, managed to incorporate it into the sort of overall programme within IT, I know that there there must be so many challenges on what's often a a limited time period. Absolutely, and I think that's a work, it'd be fair to say that's a work in progress, um, David. Uh, I think that for four-year programs, of which we don't have, and we tend to do PGDE one-year programs, as well as the two-year Masters in Transformative Learning and Teaching, there's a little bit more time when it's more than the intensive PGDE. I think the challenge comes in the PGDE programs because of their 18 weeks on site-based learning, 18 weeks in the university. And I think it's a different way of thinking. It's not about the bolt-on and having the one lecture here or the one session tutorial there. It's about how we develop that thinking all the way through from whether you're dealing with um, classroom behavior or improving literacy or attainment, the issue of pupil social relationships and the teacher interactions with pupils become part of um, part of the attainment kind of discourse and narrative. And I think that takes time. So you're, you're right to point out the curriculum is cramped and we are 
um, trying to, we are struggling to see how this um, can be better embedded because we're really, really keen that it's not a bolt-on approach. Jonathan, could you maybe just provide a little bit of context um, f- for listeners? Uh, you know, the, recently there was a Scottish government announcement that it's been um, sort of in all the kind of news channels about uh, you know putting a, a counsellor or alternative in, into every every school, every secondary school. So, can you maybe just give us a bit more sort of information on why it's so essential that this kind of pilot succeeds and, and I suppose spreads over time? Yeah. Um, I think all all the statistics that we can find show that um, the teaching profession is losing quite a lot of teachers. Um, About 800 or 860, I think, teachers between the ages of 21 and 45 lapsed from the register of teachers in 2016. 2016, 17 out of nearly 3,000 probationers about 190 withdrew and 208 deferred. And our and and the research that we've looked at, Sam H's research and uh, Mental Health Foundation research, seems to indicate that a lot of teachers felt that they didn't have the right training um, to help them address mental health concerns with um, pupils. That about half of teachers revealed that the pressures of their jobs had led them to develop a mental health problem. That's from the Mental Health Foundation Scotland report. And about 73% of teachers felt they had low confidence in their resources to respond to a child raising concerns about mental health. So within the teaching profession, we could identify a huge lack of confidence and and anxiety about the sorts of pressures that people were under. I think what we didn't want to do as a service is we didn't want to add to people's troubles by saying, saying, here's another another skill set that you've got to acquire before you can be a teacher. We wanted to do quite the opposite, really. We wanted to carve out some space which was not, as, as Rowena says, crammed with information, but was a a reflective practitioner space, if you like, just time to talk through the feelings, the impact um, of daily teaching that that people were were struggling under. And so, Jonathan, sorry to yeah. interrupt. One would imagine that the Pope. What we're doing here with uh, with uh, Murray House and the uh, University of Stirling. Um, could or, or maybe it has been replicated or been trying or we're trying to build it up, you know, within staff rooms if they still exist, you know, across Scottish schools. I mean there must be ways of implementing this actually within schools themselves, with established think, teachers and, and of course yeah. the many other staff that work within schools. I think there are ways and I, but I think I, I think Rona has her finger on it when she says that everything is so is, is very crammed, it's very busy. So it's not only teacher education institutes, but our whole approach to education where the demands of the curriculum, the demands of attainment are very high uh, for people, lots of hoops to jump through. It's very hard to carve out space. So that's, that's the challenge. I think there are people out there who can do this work, and I think there are, there are a number of agencies which are supporting teachers in various ways. But I think, um, you know, our, our goal 
this is a very new pilot for us. We began it in September, and I think we want to um, evidence that it's working, and then say to other teacher education institutes, look, this is this is a viable thing. Why not have this? Why not let's build this in at the beginning of careers? So there's an expectation that teachers will be supported, will be given space to talk about the stuff they're struggling with. And Rena, I wonder, you know, to what extent you would agree that this pilot is very much off the moment? I think it absolutely is. One of the things that we've been discovering, even in this early stages, have been um, our student teachers asking questions of why is it that um, teachers, well, them, student teachers in the first instance, but teachers overall, why do teachers not have self-care mechanisms built into their workplaces and their um well, I suppose their staff development in the same way that you would have in other professions, um, in the counselling profession, in social work, in others, there would be these spaces for professionals who are working in intensive and, you know, quite complex, challenging um, situations. And so our students are now asking us those questions. Oh, what about us? Where's our self-care? So as an institution, I'm very keen as head of school um, after the pilot phase is over to look at how we sustain actually this particular provision within the schools that we can say to uh, applicants who come to Murray House, actually, uh, when you come here, we will give you spaces and places to think, to reflect and to discuss so that you know how to support the young people in your classroom in their various, I think, um, there are various issues from short-term type stress issues to long-term trauma-related disorders and a whole range of reasons why young children might feel disengaged um, and, and not belonging within a school community. Now, by extension, those same techniques are ones they can apply for themselves as practitioners. And I have to ask Jonathan, uh, you know, for somebody like myself that's you know, been teaching for, for over 20 years now and the same as many of my colleagues uh, in the, uh, the, my current workplace, uh, you know, what, kind of, what kind of information or support um, does, does your organisation actually offer or, or might offer in the future to, to ourselves? Well, we have a range of things, David. We have, we, we, you know, um, pilots like this one, which I hope will become a, 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 a national, um, a national provision in the long run to um, teacher education. But Place to Be runs a series of trainings, short two and a half day trainings for school leaders and for um, uh, classroom teachers called Mental Health Champions. This is very much about finding out about what, what, what this word that everybody's using at the moment, what this means, what is mental health, and, 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 and how do we identify it, and how do we identify good mental health. But it's also helping people to do an audit of their current school provision to discover what they're doing, which is great, and which facilitates mentally healthy children and mentally healthy staff, but what also they're not doing and what, what gaps they need to fill. So there, there, there are a number of routes in there. there there's, there's that kind of training. There's also a service that we offer called Place to Think, which we take into all sorts of schools, which is about this consultation space uh, provided within the school 
let's talk about the children you're having difficulty with. Not from a not from a teacher's point of view, or not from a teaching point of view, but from the point of view where you feel a lack of confidence in how to deal with, say, the child who's kicking off and, and, and making teaching the rest of the class impossible. How can we think about what's going on with that child? How, how can we work it through? How can we give you some strategies to deal with that? I think, David, if you don't mind, I think you're right to say it's timely because um, there's, as Jonathan says, schools already have systems and it's about looking again at, you know, how effective the pastoral system is in a school. Um, we are increasingly being asked to think about, and I really do not like the acronym ACEs, but Adverse Childhood Experiences and how these events might impact on pupils. There's a lot teachers are having to take on and I think organizations like place to be are effectively asking us to put the brakes on the sort of constant churn of getting young people geared up for exams and passing and things what struck me is um, in working with uh, teachers and young people is young people a school teacher saying to me what shocked them in their school wasn't so much that the young people saying that they, you know, I mean, they had good anti-bullying policies in the school. They had effective um, strategies for coping with discrimination and harassment. So they had all that and the young people um, felt that was all working. What the young people thought the greatest stress for them was failure. And that the teachers were finding quite hard to deal with. How do you actually support groups of young people whose main fear is failure? Yeah. That's a mental health issue. And just just on that, as we as we we come to the end of, of the the, the programme, um, Jonathan, you know this broadcast is is going to go out uh, towards the end of Children's Mental Health Week. Uh, um, can you just give listeners an idea about uh, what's going on with uh, during the week and indeed how they can uh, find out more or get involved? Yeah, uh, Children's Mental Health Week is, is an initiative which actually placed to be began a few years ago and the theme of um, this year's Mental Health Week is healthy inside and out. So it's it's talking about how how we look after ourselves basically children, teachers, parents, everybody involved with kids. If anybody wants to find any information about it, and they go onto the Place to Be website, which is placetobe.org.uk, um, they'll find a guide to, um, to the Mental Health Week and the resources for healthy inside and outside, some ideas that can be used in schools, some ideas that can be used for individuals to think about these issues and and give themselves a break, really. Um, you know, I think that that for me is is the big message. How do we, how do we, in all our busyness, make some time to listen to each other, to be a bit more compassionate with ourselves, to stop trying stop trying to fix everything, um, and and just take a bit of a step back and get some perspective on it. And just finally, Rowena, I suppose if we if we start to get this right uh, within initial teacher education and, of, of course, most importantly within the, the, the schools themselves and with the young people we work with, that might actually lead to beneficial changes maybe throughout FE and HE over time. 
I would hope so. Um, I think that we certainly since the pilot has started, I've had across the school people in other programs not related to ITE going, what about us? We need that too.